Is it time for a new heating and cooling system? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services and Carrier today and get 0% financing for 18 months on a new heating and cooling system. Get the comfort you deserve from Griffith Energy Services and Carrier. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today for this and other exclusive offers. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. You don't need no man Girl, you get it on your own And we don't need no drugs We already in our zone Oh, you got it right back Right back, right back Right back, right back Oh, you're back to winning What's good, man? This is Anthony Roberts, host of The Reality Is Where Filter Becomes Extinct. We're in Denver. Um, Artesia is also here, my co-host. I didn't do a traditional introduction because, you know, Artesia, normally you say you don't want to be a part of the podcast. Yeah, we talked about this on our final episode. Yes, and I'm pretty sure you're not going to really talk that much today. Exactly. <laughs> so I just wanted to get so that out hey of the y'all. way. Yes, but we got the homie uh, Owen here, and we got the homie Zan here. How y'all doing today, man? Good, man. Good. Now, it's funny because I know me and you, the last time I visited, we were trying to do like a podcast and we had set the little... Uh, yeah, that didn't work. That task cam, <laughs> but the audio was bad. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? It's perfect that we're here again and we get to have this conversation. The biggest thing I wanted to tell you guys is to be comfortable, man. Literally, just like we talked last night, it's just going to be a regular conversation. Um, it's good to have Zay here, man. I haven't... This is one of the first times we've ever been able to actually sit down outside of like the last couple of days and being here mm-hmm. and having a conversation. And one of the biggest things I wanted to talk about jumping in, and if you do want to come in, you can also come in. Gotcha. All right. But I love you on the yeah. podcast, too. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You got Thank a great you. voice. Thank you. I like your perspective. That's all you got to tell me is you like my voice. And then she started talking. <laughs> you yeah. calm Anthony down a little bit, you know? Talk some more. You want to say something? No, else? it's but, not on demand like that. <laughs> so hold on. So I didn't hear about this. Maybe I missed the last one. So you, you're you not going to be a co-host anymore? No, I'm going to be a, well, I, can, I don't think you can say co-host. Yeah. I'm not going to be sitting in on the interviews, interviews. anymore. I don't like doing interviews with okay. other people so yeah. um, we'll still do our one-on-one episodes together okay and i think interview the word interview makes people nervous, nervous bro yeah, yeah. And that's why I conversation to yeah and that's why i'd be like i'm just having a conversation i'm not going to come in and drill you and say hey you know ask questions that you yeah. may not want to ask and i think people get nervous because how personal i am on the podcast yeah. and they're like damn this motherfucker may go way left i'm like nah bro hey, I'm not. you get me smoking and drinking i'll be oversharing <laughs> and shit i don't want to do that man so but when I come to Denver man I always feel a sense of freedom and it's weird to say that because and and I've told you this before it's just different when you come here Mm -hmm. and even since we've been here we were talking about it on the ride over here we've seen nothing but white people since we've been here Mm -hmm. outside of you guys Whitelandia exactly but it's a great feeling because in Dallas if you were around oh I mean you are around predominantly white people but being there you feel like you're ostracized you feel like you're you know people wondering where you're at so like where i live at right now in downtown mm-hmm. coming in the building you get the sense of people are like okay it's cool that he's here but what do you do to get here right and it's always like are you an athlete do you sell drugs yeah dude do like do? what do you do to be here as yeah. opposed to here it's like you can just go and people are speaking you know, to you I'm, mm-hmm. I'm i'm from florida i'm from jacksonville yeah. originally the, the south the north part of florida which yeah. is basically like southern alabama southern <laughs> georgia right <laughs> Pretty much. so i grew up in the south 
all black people. My family was black. My church was black. My school was black. All the people I knew was black except for like teachers and police. Yeah. Then I come out to Colorado and it's all white people. Yeah. And you know I'm hella nervous at first. Like I don't I don't know how to react. I don't. <laughs> you know the 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 notes are different. The yeah. cues are different. Yeah. You know. Um, but most recently, the reason I came back to Denver is I went out to North Carolina for a job, right? And I, and I worked there for a year. And being back in it after coming out of it, like, I didn't know what humidity was yeah. when I was in Florida. Then I came out to Colorado. I'm like, oh, God damn, it feels, it feels good, good out, out here. here. Yeah. So I didn't really feel the, like, the, the presence of racism all the time. Yeah. But after I had got out the, gotten out of the environment and come back, to North Carolina, I was yeah. like, I don't like this shit. Yes, I got to get out of here. Yeah, you know what I mean. So then I ran back to Colorado. So how like, easy is it to move for you though? Because a lot of people don't understand. Like, I, you came from uh, San Francisco. San Francisco. Here. Yeah, that's where I live for. Came Did you do you like San Francisco better or Denver? I like Denver much better, man. What's much the reason better. why? So, I feel like, all right. Once again, we're from Florida, right? Yeah. So back back home, you can't make as much money as you can out west, yeah. right? I lived in California. You could make a lot of money, but you could be six figures, but you live like a college a co- student. Exactly. You can't afford anything. Denver's that perfect medium. They will pay you what you're worth out here, and then your money goes a lot further. Yeah. So it might be a financial thing for me yeah. initially, right? But then my wife is from here, so her being back home. Didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, she's from here, and um, I met her when I was in college out here. So um, we wanted to come back, and then it's just growing. There's been a boom in the last five years, man. Yeah. It looks like a totally different place. It really than it does. Did. So it's it's kind of to me it's like it's, I would call it like California East. It's yeah. like it's just the culture hasn't caught up yet though. Not in not my quite, opinion, not quite. Like it's not racist to where like people are like, what is this nigga doing here? Yeah. Like how did he? <laughs> how whose did key it? did you borrow? Yeah. I know you walked in after somebody. <laughs> you know, it's not like that here because yeah. I got the, I look I lived in a nice apartment like yeah. in the middle of downtown had a nice fancy name and all this kind of yeah. stuff and. I tell something else happened. I tell you, Mike. But um, I, I got those kind of looks all the time because yeah. I was like one of the only black people in that, in that know, apartment. So yeah. everybody was always. But see, that's another thing I like about you guys too. And I told a story last night. I was like, after I came to your jujitsu class with you guys, afterwards to see you guys get into your cars, nice cars, and then go to your places. You live nice. You work hard, but you're humble. And in Dallas, it's like. If you have black people doing well for themselves, it's pretentiousness. Not even doing they well. Show it They'd be like a $30,000 millionaire. Yeah, and people want to show off or it's like they will keep you, like if they, so say for instance, not to be funny, I've been considering moving here. Mm-hmm. And you told me about some thing, you know, some job opportunities and the first thing I asked was how much do they pay? Sure. Well, it's decent, it's decent pay. Yeah. And then the thing about it was in Dallas, nobody's really trying to help you. Like if you would have told me that pay, nobody would have been trying to actually like help me get anything or do anything. Mm-hmm. Working with you guys and being around you guys and and connecting with you, guys, I don't get that. I don't get that crab in a barrel mentality. Yeah. And like I said, even being here in Dallas with the, I mean in uh, Denver with the white people, she went and did some pampering this morning for herself. You know what I'm saying? Facial, whatever, like that. And when she walked in, she was like the white lady was like, oh, I'm so happy they to see happy you. happy to see you. Yeah, she's yeah. like, are you Arteezy? And she's like, she embraced her she with a hug. She like a real hug. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know, fa- like in Dallas, you get like the fake pat on the back yeah. kind of hug. But this was like, I felt that hug. I yeah. was like, yeah. oh. Or they may be like, well, let me check it. You said Arte- Artesia? Mm-hmm. Let me check and see if we can find that. <laughs> yeah. What's your, it's kind of like, are you sure you're supposed to be here? Yes. Or it's one of those things to where they'd be like, well, you ordered the special. You know that's $299. Bitch, oh, I signed up for it. Yeah. I can afford this. Can yeah. You know, you yeah. get that a lot in Dallas. 
Dallas when you're going somewhere like we'll do that I'll go out and be mm-hmm. like you want another round of drinks this time let me get a scotch whatever and I'll look at the receipt you know the thing and be like oh it's $25 I still want you know, that, that that's mm-hmm. low key legit because probably sometimes they're like oh I didn't know that shit was 25 you yeah. know they get that kind of reaction yeah. but like yeah. when I'm ordering a cheeseburger and I ask for bacon Get off, Tell me about get off my nuts. A dollar fifty. Give me my goddamn bacon before yeah. I strike with your ass. <laughs> yeah. But but that's that's the difference that you feel. So being here, it's like I don't know. You just it, like he said, it's kind of like California East. And I told her I was like, it's not quite California, exactly. but it has that vibe. Yeah, yeah. We don't deal with the traffic. Don't deal with the, excuse me the overcrowding. I think like that. Um, and back to what you said about us leaving and being humble. One thing I've I've kind of learned that once you hit a certain status, you People try to hide their money more than show it off. Nobody yeah. nobody cares about you holding up trophies anymore. Like yeah. when you're a kid and everybody pats you on the back when you do something well. Yeah. When you're an adult, motherfuckers stab you in the back yeah. when you do something well. So like I come from a family of like, if you got something, shut the fuck up about it. Yeah, don't don't try to <laughs> don't show talk off, about so it. Yeah. yeah. And see for me, I I came from nothing. So it's like for me, I've been to a point where when I did do the things I did where money was not an issue, I mean, I'm being honest, it wasn't legal. Mm-hmm. So it's like to go from that to trying to be a straight and narrow. Like I didn't graduate from college until I was 31. Yeah. Like 30. Yeah. I went back yeah. late because I was like, yeah, when I was, if it wasn't football, I was like, I don't want to work in corporate wearing suits and ties. And I've done that and made good money doing it, but I didn't feel like I belonged. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like just where I like doing what I do now, I'm remote. So, I like being held accountable for the only, like, it's my job to do. Yeah. If I fuck it up, then they know it's me. If I excel, then they know I did that work. Mm-hmm. So now I think one of the hardest things, too, with black people in the South is it's hard for us to ask for what we're worth. Yeah. And even I'm learning that, bro, because you come in with a mentality to where it's like you don't deserve this or a lot of older black people you know, are like, stay in your lane. Don't do nothing to mess up that job. A, cause a, lot of, a lot of people have that issue with like tooting their own horn and saying how much they're worth. What I would say to those people is you got to put yourself out on the open market. Like yeah. you got to find a way to advertise yourself and have other people tell you how much you're worth. Yeah. That's the only real way you can find out. And that'll that worth will be determined by what you can produce. So yeah. what kind of outcomes are you are you like? You can compare outcomes mm-hmm. and then derive what your worth should be from that. Like if you got coworkers that aren't performing what you are yeah. and, you know, you got Glassdoor, you got all these different websites that you can kind of see what people make for certain things. Yeah. Like you can you can get a good sense of it these days. And that's but, what I did because yeah. when, when I really wanted to think about project management, uh, my title is project specialist, but I do project management work. Mm-hmm. So that's where it's kind of like, okay, I'm doing the job of a project manager, but I'm still making the money of a specialist. Mm-hmm. So that's how they get you. Yeah. So when I started looking at everything, that's the first thing I did. I was like, project managers in Texas, they make. Mm-hmm. I'm making. See, I don't. You know what I'm saying? I don't get into that game. You could call me Bozo the Clown Specialist. Just make sure the check. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. As long as the checker, I don't care what. I you don't put care on about the title. titles. Yeah. I could be the janitor. Just give me the money give that I'm working. Sh- yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what I agree. I wanted to talk about, and this is probably be the name of the podcast. I told her I, I came like this shit. <laughs> I came and told Artesia last night. I said, um, I said when I talked to to O the other day, I said he said something that stuck with me. And a lot of times, I think when you're the oldest person, it's harder for you to listen to somebody younger. Man, like no, months. But listen, but listen, listen. No, not you. Like not just like. I know you're like a year or months and then yeah. Zay it's a couple of years but uh-huh. sometimes you get in contact with people who are older and they're like I don't want to listen to nobody That's true. who's younger yeah. me yeah. I've never been that way and honestly sometimes I don't realize how old I am until other people start telling me their age but you said something to me the other day because I was telling you about how people look at me and I'm the funny guy mm-hmm. 
And I was telling Arteza, I was like, you remember when we were talking to Tiffany and uh, Gabriel Silva and the mom was like, oh, Arteza, you're so nice. And, you know, you make us feel engaged and this and this and that. And I was like, and she's like, oh, Anthony, you're just so funny. And I was like, well, why can't I be all those things? And it stuck with me. As soon as you said it, bro, you started talking, but you was like, but first be known. Yeah. And it was like, okay. And the old me would have been like, man, whatever, dude. Like, I know what the fuck I'm going through. How are you going to? But when you said it, I was like, that's true. Yeah. And you broke it down. You was like, okay, so what if they know you for being funny? But if they if if you get them to listen to you, and then they get to look at or listen to the rest of your body of work, they'll discover who you are. That's the beautiful thing about podcasts, man. It's not like you coming on here and like doing a, a show where you got to act or anything like that. You're yeah. you're being you into a microphone. Like yeah. this is. I was talking about this the other night too, man. Like I think I love the podcast genre. I know you've heard you. I've heard you say before you want to be like the serious guy. You want to yeah. be the Howard Stern. You want to be on the radio and all that kind of stuff. I don't think that's the direction it's going and I think you're in the 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 best lane right now because you can offer something so raw and so original uh just just a conversation like this is something that goes back with humans years we've been sitting around tables and having conversations a lot longer than we were watching televisions yeah televisions came out in like the 40s or something like that like we hundreds of years you can go back you just have to listen to the radio yeah yeah we're sitting around having conversations and like really getting to know people is something that is so valuable right now and it's an underserved community I think this is like this yeah. is where you want to be. And I, I like doing this, man. And I think the thing that sets me apart when people ask me what makes you different, especially with a lot of black podcasts, that everybody's wanting to talk about hip hop. Everybody's wanting to talk about like some kind of music genre, mm-hmm. some kind of entertainment. And I'm like, you, they got Charlemagne the God in them for that. Mm-hmm. Like, what is your you know niche or niche or however you want to say it that you can bring something to somebody? So with me, when people ask me, I just feel like me being honest makes other people want to be honest. And sometimes even when they're on the podcast, they may not say things that are personal on the mic mm-hmm. as soon as I turn that mic off they'll be like yo I didn't want to say it on the podcast <laughs> but I felt that and this is how I feel about it and yeah. I'm like cool but even when they do that it allows me to create a story mm-hmm. for the next podcast I don't use that person's name but I'm like hey I was talking to somebody they told me about this and if it's a message in it I try to pass that message along I think the other valuable thing that you bring to like the reason why I listen because you asked us last night like yeah. give us some critiques of what you think the podcast is mm-hmm. and I and I wanted to start it off by telling you what I liked about it yeah. and I shared a story with you because I like your perspective I like yeah. your curiosity I like the questions that you ask yeah. right um, you something resonated with me because I you know I have a weird relationship I don't have a weird relationship I have no relationship but like <laughs> with homeless people yeah like I don't like looking at homeless people like it makes me anxious it makes me uncomfortable like because why is that though my hustle is so strong like I I, I could never mm-hmm. be a homeless person so it's hard to even look at exactly it. Yeah. just true like how could you do that like I don't want to relate to you I don't want to feel what you feel like yeah. I don't know how you got there but I don't want to be there but so so the story that you told because you're you're you were actually curious about it yeah. and it's something that I didn't want to look at and you went and talked to some people in D.C. who were homeless, and you you found a guy who was actually a surgeon yeah. before he had found himself to be homeless. Yeah. And you asked him how he got there. And the story, the reason why he got there, I was like, mother, that shit could happen, yeah, bro. It could happen. That mm-hmm. shit could happen. So for those who didn't hear that podcast, the story was he was away traveling on business, and his whole family was on a vacation or something like that, and they, his whole family died at one time in a car accident. Yeah. And he lost the will to live. And you got to think about it, but like I know people who have lost their parent, mm. and they like they check out. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we've talked about that. You know, like she lost her parent. You know, her mom, mm. and she tells stories was, all the time. Yeah, I was married at the time, and I literally just lost my mind. And that's part of the reason why I'm no longer married. Yeah. Mm. So. And it was kind. And it was funny because it carried over a little bit when we first started dating. Like yeah, you were still, I still wasn't over it. Yeah, because it was kind of like one. And I'm a dude like. 
like she said on the last podcast, I don't always tell people like, hey, just suck that shit up and keep it moving. Oh, but did. I do try to help people be tough because for me, like, if my mom died, I always told her, I was like, if my mom died, I feel like I'd be fucked up too. I know I would. Yeah. But in the same token, I know that my mom would want me to live mm -hmm. and I would try to do something to where, okay, let me try and create a legacy of something to where she will be remembered mm -hmm. through me. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Not but just giving up. It is a process. And you've helped me because I've told you about like one of my ex-girlfriends who mom's just passed away. Mm -hmm. And like she's literally secluding herself and I know her so I know she's going crazy and she don't have a lot of family just like you didn't. Mm -hmm. So the biggest thing I try to tell her is you got to keep moving yeah. like if you stick there and let that shit just keep sticking on you day yeah. after day after day there's nothing anybody else can do about it if you mm -hmm. don't do it what you also got to do which is something that you talk about a lot on the podcast is go to therapy mm -hmm. True. like not enough black folks no. particularly black folks go to therapy yeah. that's really what brought me out of mind is and honestly how I ended up there is my ex-husband like called an intervention oh you want to talk today still, huh? no listen you, you want to talk know, now you know these are my story <laughs> no, I know. so he called an intervention and I was still because I grew up what goes on in, this, on in this house stays in this house mm -hmm. you know don't talk about it just pray about it you'll be alright whatever so when he called the intervention I was like how dare you bring these people into my house yeah. mm -hmm. like they are not supposed to know what's going on here yeah. so I was mad at him for doing it but it was literally like the best thing he could have ever done mm -hmm. You can't get help without telling somebody. That's true. The reason I, I you know, I spent a lot of time in the military. So, like, they they beat it down your throat. Yeah. Like, man, you probably got PTSD. Like, yeah. go see somebody. Like, mm -hmm. if you've deployed, if you've spent significant time, like, people have mentioned it to you. Like, it's not a foreign idea to you. Yeah. Like, but I feel, I feel like in most black communities, the sentiment is still, like, you know, therapy's for crazy people. Mm -hmm. I'm clearly not crazy, yeah. so I ain't going to therapy. We all crazy in a way. We, mm -hmm. we're, we're the most fucked up people in America. Yeah. Like, we've been through the most tragic shit. And we won't address it. Well, you, they starting a conversation about reparations. What you yeah. think? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be nice, like we said last night. Like you were saying, you said, uh, what'd you say, pay off student loans and 10 years of no taxes? That's what they could, I think that's what would be. It's a great start. That's a great start. I think that's what people, like, the large majority of people would be able to accept. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ain't nobody gonna accept giving niggas checks. No. That's and not gonna come out. <laughs> Every black person get one million dollars. No, that ain't gonna fly. Flying. No. Because it, 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 first Talk of about all, mass shooters, it'd be somebody goddamn mass yes. shooters. <laughs> yes, we'd have a bigger target on our back. Shit, you know. But I, I mean, I think it's definitely due. But the, the the first thing I would say is for people like my mom and my, you know, like grand, your grandparents, those are the first ones. I think if they break it up, those are the people who should get the millions. If mm -hmm. we're going to give money away, mm -hmm. give it to our mothers and our grandparents. You, you ain't going to get money. No, you're not going to get it. You ain't going to get away with it. You're that. not going to get it, but it has to be something because a lot of them didn't go to college like we did to have that debt to pay off. Mm -hmm. Don't They don't, well, see, it's going to be tougher with people of retirement age and so on and so forth. I think the most valuable thing, this is what we talked about, like, I don't even put this out in the ether. I'm like, Get some death threats <laughs> and shit like this. <laughs> but if, if if black people didn't pay taxes yeah. for any ten year period in their life that they could pick, like yeah. if I didn't have to pay taxes from thirty to forty, yeah, I'll fuck around and get wealthy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they know that. Yeah. But the thing about it too is with you saying that and saying they I always like to talk about race. Mm -hmm. And the reason being is I used to be <clears throat> I've never been considered myself racist, but I used to be standoffish and I didn't trust white people because of I where I come from. I think that's racist. No, and I don't either because I think when it comes to racism, because you know some people are like, do you think black people can be racist? And I'm like, we can't create a systemic oppression to keep all these people down. Yeah. I think that's where it starts at. So like, so so you talk to a black dude who don't talk to white girls mm -hmm. and you'll say, I think you know, from a white perspective, hey, I think that black guy's racist because yeah. he don't talk to white girls because they white. Yeah. And, and I would <laughs> be like, okay, well, let's open up a history book mm -hmm. and let's look at Emmett Till. Mm -hmm. Let's look at all the black dudes who have 
I'm not gonna say OJ. OJ on on the internet wilding right now. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> but there's a there's a long list of black dudes who have been bad shit has happened to them mm-hmm. because they mess with white girls. So if he's like, I'm in fear of my life. Yeah. I'm not finna talk to no white girls. That's understandable. That's but definitely if, you, understandable. if he's talking about a white girl who just is like, ah, I just don't like black dudes. Yeah. For, and like, and you can't put like a reason behind it. I would say, okay, that might be a little racist. Yeah. You know. But it may be just one of those things to where I've had, because I have a couple of homeboys, they're like, I've never dated white women, I've never been, att-, and they say, I've never been attracted to them, and then they'll also go into the point of, like, for me, I'm 36, bro, I didn't date my first white girl, I had white girls that were interested in me back home, but I didn't really start dating until Dallas, which was like 24, 25, and even when that shit started happening, it was it was a fear factor for me, because I know dudes I played ball with, two guys, one was supposed to go to University of Texas to play ball, mm. full scholarship, another one was supposed to go to Miami. Both of them messed with white girls and the white girls got caught. One of them said he raped me. The other one, the parent, you know, coerced her Mm -hmm. to say something against him. And both of them spent like five to six years in jail. I got lost everything. I got a relative that got kicked out of college behind something like that. Like he, what I said, he brought a girl into the dorm and you got to sign him in to get to the dorm. And she was, it was a football dorm. She was a fan of football. Yeah. Right. So they did what they did and she left and apparently went all around the, the dorm knocking on doors. Yeah. And uh, and it didn't, she was drunk and all this kind of stuff, and she ended up, you know, fall, passing out in the grass or something like that. So yeah. she is embarrassed. She wakes up. Yeah. Um, you know, campus security is like, what the hell happened in yeah. here? And uh, they looked to the sign-in logs, and my relative signed her ass in, and she said, well, all this bad stuff happened to me while I was in there, and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So she got half the story, and if it's a black dude, who's the perpetrator and a white girl who is the victim, yeah. that nigga's getting skinned alive. But it's so crazy because I saw a post the other day too. I forgot the white guy. Remember the white kid? I don't, he was on Stanford swim team or something mm-hmm. and he had raped the girl and oh, they literally was, had proof. Mm-hmm. They had witnesses. Yeah. He was raping and, her behind a dumpster. Yeah. Like It was terrible. But man. he got away with it. And then you have just speculation of a black dude and he can go to jail for it. Yeah. Or the Central Park Five. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. all those dudes. One person raped this lady. Yeah. Five dudes went to jail. Yeah. And the only reason them motherfuckers is out is because the white dude finally got caught and confessed to it, mm-hmm. and he's in jail, and they let the five The free. only reason we know about Emmett Till is because on her deathbed, she was like, ah, he didn't do it. He didn't do it. Yeah. That's wild, man. And that's the kind of stuff to where I say I don't watch certain types of movies because I know the history of it. Yeah. But I, And it's like I don't want to create a hate in my heart. I think you got to watch it. I think I think there's value in eating that. Yeah. Like, just swallowing it and sitting with it for a little while. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, like, we can't for nobody, not just black people. Nobody should forget the history. Yeah, like because if you if you forget the history, you're doomed to repeat it. You know how the yeah. how the story goes. So I I think there's a a lot of great value in realizing the brutality of what went on. Like one of the hardest. Like Amistad's an old ass movie. I'm yeah. dating myself. I still have not seen that. <laughs> Amistad's an old ass movie. It's hard to watch, bro. There's a it's scene hard. where um they didn't have enough food for all the slaves on the boat. So what do they do? They chain them together. And start dumping motherfuckers off the boats. Now these these are people who are like sleeping sleeping right next to each other, yeah. pissing and shitting right next to yeah. each other. Yeah. And there's a smell and there's like chum basically yeah. in the water. Mm-hmm. So like you got this stinky ass boat with sharks following behind it, and they ain't got enough cargo or they ain't got enough food for everybody. And they throw people, people off into basically sharks. Shark. That's what's saying. Naked and screaming like that's like. And that's the same thing with like uh, it was banned in America for I don't know if it still is I think the only the only place you could probably see it now is on YouTube and I've talked about it before is Goodbye Uncle Tom I think it is and I didn't get past the first fifteen minutes of the movie because it was so like 
I don't know, man, like showing how real the stuff was. Like when they were trying to feed the slaves and they didn't want to eat, they would take this rack and like knock their teeth out. They did that shit And like rake their teeth out, bro, so they could just stuff the food down their mouth. So when I started seeing stuff like that, it's... It's so hard to watch that. And I know, like you said, we need to watch it. But another thing that I think about, and I always tell Artesia, when they have black movies like Central Park 5, Django, stuff like that, it's black movies and we know the history, so we go watch them. But the biggest thing I always say is, are white people watching this shit? Because we already know what's going on. We already know what went on. The message that needs to be had is by them. You, you know what's interesting, man? Like, so, you know, I say I grew up in Jacksonville and I go to the movies in Jacksonville and you go watch a movie like Django or something like that in Jacksonville and, you know, you get that audience participation yep. mm-hmm. when it's a whole bunch of us <laughs> in, the, in the movie theater. Um, you do. Coloradians don't do that. They're the quietest movie watchers that you've ever seen. And normally, you know, it's 80 something percent white yeah. folks out here. So when you go to a movie, no matter what the movie is, it's going to be a whole bunch of white folks in there. Mm-hmm. Um, when certain, you know how when certain shit happens that might, I went, I think I said went to see us. In a, in a Colorado yeah. movie theater and there's certain shit that black folks are gonna get that white folks aren't gonna get so I'm laughing my ass off everybody else quiet in there what's this nigga making all this goddamn noise <laughs> you know what I'm saying you're interrupting people, my movie people looking at me with sideways and shit but like it's a, it's a different experience like you realize you're in a room full of white people yeah. all of a sudden even though it's dark when mm-hmm. you know there's a there's like a little hidden message in yeah. there that, that you ain't supposed to get that's you true know? and I, you know what the best conversations I do like to have is with white people discussing race mm-hmm. because if you find a white person who's open minded and willing to want to understand what happened because a lot of times white people really just don't know because they don't have to know mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying and a lot of times we think, you know yes what I'm saying and a lot of times a lot of black people especially like in the south and in Texas they'll be like oh they don't even understand this and that they don't have to yeah and it's but I take pride in getting the chance to talk to a white person I don't know if that's my phone or it could be the phones probably just picking up static but um it's one of those things when I get the opportunity to talk to a white person who has questions I'd like I take pride in that, that to be able to educate them because I feel like I don't know I'm not a historian mm-hmm. but I feel like if you want to ask me about how black people feel about the here and now or over the last 15 20 years or whatever I'm going to give you a real like statement like if somebody said why didn't you vote for Trump I just don't trust the motherfucker mm-hmm. I don't like how he looks I don't like how he talks <laughs> I don't like what he stands for the only thing that I did like about him was I was like okay maybe he can help the company in the business aspect in the economy to nah, get man. like flip it but that was just my ignorance because like I said I don't know certain things about politics because I'm one of those people where it's like yeah we could vote but when this shit gonna change and how it's gonna change incrementally yeah you know what I'm saying so for me it's like sometimes I check out and then did I vote this time I didn't because I feel like it was choosing between the lesser of two evils I didn't agree with Hillary well then choose I the lesser agree. evil yeah, man. Here, that's what everybody yeah. said yeah, yeah. Here, here's my here's my thing on that like okay your vote maybe doesn't matter the way that they hype it up to matter yeah. like mm-hmm. you gonna affect the country you are gonna affect all these outcomes if you just go show up to the polls to vote they just yeah. really want you to vote the way I look at it is, is you're a citizen of the United States you have several tools that you can use to affect change voting is one of them yeah right you can also if you really feel passionate about it you can go organize yeah mm-hmm. you can get in your community you can actually do something like you do the uh, the, the backpacks and haircuts yeah. deal like do something that you know shit's I mean? difficult too man and that's and that's kind of where I'm at with, with what you're saying like do something mm-hmm. I feel like and I say that all the time a lot of times I feel like we sit back and we wait for political change Yeah. and that's why me and her started doing the whole mm-hmm. backpacks and haircuts or trying to help with kids and it's a lot of stuff that we both do and that she know I has a passion for with kids mm-hmm. that I try to do like 
I don't have anything organized to help kids, but it's a lot of men and women who like what I do and what I stand for. And they're like, hey, can you sit with my son for a minute? Mm-hmm. And the first time this happened, I used to be like, bro, do you listen yeah. to the podcast and hear the stuff I say? <laughs> <laughs> but when people even talk to me and they hear what I say, they'd be like, well, how do you teach your niece? I talk to my niece just like I talk about certain shit on here. She's 17. And when I talk to her about sex, I let her know. I'd be like, yo, it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. It's a bad thing if it's abused. It's a good thing if you do it and use the tool the right way and use yeah. your body the right way. Mm-hmm. You're going to make mistakes. People are going to tell you not to do this. You're still going to do it. Just make sure you protect yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Probably the most important thing. That's the yeah. most important thing. Yeah. And then understand that after a while, your heart's going to get involved. You got to work yeah. on that. Then another thing is when sex comes, don't be that person that's like, I ain't giving head and I ain't doing this. If you like this guy and nah. you cut for this guy. Raise a lady. You got to understand. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, you can raise, raise a lady. Raise but a like, goddamn lady. You can raise a lady. But like, we've always, like I've said on the podcast before, too, a lot of black people, especially black men, we've raised our daughters to be women we wouldn't date or marry. I yeah. would not. Yeah, I wouldn't mm-hmm. do that. But here's the thing. I'm your dad. So like, or if I'm your dad, that's, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But, like, it depends on where it's coming from. Yeah. So if you're feeling that mentor, uncle, cousin, you know, mm-hmm. distant cousin, whatever role, that I th- okay, it might be appropriate to give it a real. Mm-hmm. But if, like, that show, if you're the dad, you can't say that shit. Mm-hmm. Shit. You can't say that shit. I, ain't gonna, say, I, would, I, I can't wait till you have a kid because <laughs> I want to see how this like plays I, out. This is the thing. I know that I would probably be like most dads saying what not to do, but I'm going to tell you what happens when you do. And I'm going to tell you what guys expect. Yeah. I'm not going to go into a sugarcoating and being like, yo, dudes just, you know, you know, some fathers be like, you know, do this, do that. Guys are going to be this. No. Tell them what guys are coming so, there for. I think my mom fucked me up a little bit because she <laughs> raised me to be a gentleman. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And these hoes wasn't ready for a gentleman. They not. <laughs> that, no, that's true. That's very true, bro. <laughs> when I was like 19, 18, they don't want that. They don't want no goddamn gentleman. They I'm don't. opening doors mm-hmm. for girls and like pulling out their chair. You'll forever just, be the friend. I'm, yeah, you get mm-hmm. friends on. Who is this lame ass nigga? And unfortunately, that's just what it is. Like, yeah. you know. But even as you get older, it's still somewhat the same way. You could still be nice, but it's like women still like that bad guy. You got to recognize when you're dealing with it. You got to know who you're talking to. Just always know your audience. You got to recognize who you're dealing with. I think anybody who is um, attractive to females understands like you got to be able to assess the situation and act accordingly. So let's go. I want to go back Mm -hmm. to this and I want to ask Zay this question. So you've never dated a white woman. Nope. And you never had the (laughs) desire to. Why do you think that is? And the reason I say this, because I know for me, like, I just see women sometimes. Yeah. So I like, I know for me, if I see a white chick and she got ass and shit, I'm like, yo, I don't really give a shit. What is your race? If you look nice and we connect, yeah. that's where I'm at. Now, black women are my, always will be my f- number one preference, yeah. but I'm open to other things if I don't see certain things happening. But why for you are you, are you just strictly black women? Yeah, back to what you guys were saying, is is nothing about being racist or yeah. anything like that. It's just, I just can't relate to them and I'm just, they just don't do it for me. I mean, yeah. Black women are just beautiful to me, man. Yeah. They, different shades, different hairstyles. I always tell my wife, it's like having a bunch of wives because yeah. she comes in with a different hairstyle all the time. And, and you, You're guaranteed to get an understanding of the black experience from a black girl. Exactly. Yeah, it's pretty much guaranteed. Very true. Unless they're like super brainwashed or something like that. But you're mostly guaranteed to get an understanding from them yeah. of what the black experience is. So you're saying like with white girls, that guarantee, <clears throat> excuse me, um, that that's not a guarantee. Yeah, it was just my experience. That's though. It's like true, when though. I talk to them or interact with them, it's just not there. It's a like disconnect. It, it has nothing. To, I don't know, man. Like I said, it's nothing. To, nothing bad happened in my past. Nothing yeah. bad happened to anyone I know of because of them. It's just. I just, they just and you don't want, do it for me. Man. A lot of people want pe- want them to understand them. I know the times I've dated white women, it is difficult. Sometimes if you come home and you want to explain something, I feel like dating a white girl, depending on what type of, like what her mental is, you have mm-hmm. to over explain for them to understand. And even mm-hmm. then they still may not understand. 
and then there's a there's a governor on that too. Like they might over understand. Like they, I don't want. I don't, you know. What you know what I'm talking about. Like yeah. you don't want that sympathy. Like mm-hmm. oh, it's so hard. Yeah. I, you're like you're this victim. Like it's so tough to be yeah. black. Like you know, mm-hmm. I, that's not what I want either. Yeah. An mm-hmm. understanding is kind of a hard balance to get, and it's it really is. something that you can, you know you're gonna get from somebody who's black. It's mm-hmm. very true. And yeah, and that's. I mean, for me, like I say, at, and at the end of the day too, I always tell this. It's not a joke, but I said, and I was like, okay, if I'm if I ended up marrying a white woman mm. and I have a kid and he's light skinned, like that nigga's not gonna look like me. Like he may have some some features, but I just don't see myself being like, hey, Junior, come yeah, here. I, I and he run it. in and it's like a sandy haired, little light skinned kid. When Steph tosses, tossing them threes up, I see Dale Curry in there a little bit. But Dale Curry, <laughs> but his, but his <laughs> wife is black bit. though. And see, a lot of people oh, she think is? she black. I didn't even know that. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was about. To, but see, a lot of people. I she was white. Nah, bro. Like their whole family is black. They just like skin and they shit. Like, oh, they just, yeah, <laughs> and it may be something so down the line. She's not mixed at all. She may be, but I don't know if her mom is white. It could be something oh, different. But like, okay. she's not. Yeah, she's black. Uh-huh. So you just fuck me up with that, man. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I thought, yeah. <laughs> I was white this whole time. Nah, bro. That's why. And then you know, of course, and um, his wife is is Canadian. So it's like she's from Canada. So with her, I don't know if her parents. Aisha. Are, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Aisha. So it's one of them things, man. But what but, is that about? Aisha. Uh, she want a little more attention. <laughs> was she wrong for that? Yeah. Yeah, she was wrong for that. Really? Okay. When 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 has Stedman ever asked for more attention? That nigga been That's on the back his, burner for 20 years now. You're dealing with a boss. You're dealing with a boss. If a married man that said that, I think he would have got a lot more backlash. I don't think the women would have jumped to his defense like they did for her. I don't think she's defendable. Yeah. You are a married woman. <laughs> yeah. Nah, what if, you if mean, I sat here as a married attention. man, it's like, yeah, man, yeah, beautiful even, wife, even, she gets, in com- she gets a lot of attention. In comparison to the amount of attention that he gets, and as a woman who's had kids, and you may not feel like you are as attractive as you used to be, I can understand that. And I get that too because the, I can't understand saying it into a microphone. That part I, that, I okay, now that, that I do agree I on that do. because I was like she shouldn't have said that because you're bringing it on yourself at that point. But then that's the whole purpose of conversations it like is. this is to be transparent. And yeah. to say things so that people we may kind of persecuted her for her truth. Yeah. It's true. No. No. Yeah, look. <laughs> Okay, I understand you feel that way, but because Steph is who he is, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I've I've had that experience. Now, I'm nowhere near where Steph is, not yeah. even close. But I've had that experience to where my girl would get jealous because she wasn't getting the attention that I was getting, yeah. and, would, and it would be a problem for me now. I got I got I got to hear about you. Got to dial back. Or something. I ain't got nothing to do with them recognizing me. Like yeah. that's that's how it played out. Like yeah. they don't. That's not my fault. I get I get both sides. I get both sides, but I get what she's saying because I know when we were in a relationship, it would yeah, be times. That's what I was going to say. I would I would be like yo. Cause like I t- this podcast shit is serious, bro. Like I keep telling, like before then, like even before that, yeah, even before then, because it reminds me of this woman when I first got my hair. I was getting my, I growing my dreads, and this lady was like, "Oh, your hair's getting long." She like, "I bet your pussy level went up through the, through yeah, the roof." Damn. I said, <laughs> "I said my pussy yeah. level was through the roof before my dreads." Uh, but it's like with this uh, the podcast, <laughs> it's like a lot of people think you're bigger than what you are. You're doing more than what you are, depending on who you're in rooms with. Like when, like I told you, when we went to LA and we interviewing actors or Cat yeah. Tat or, you know, going somewhere else and interviewing um, Dominique Perry. And, and they all look at you like with the same gaze in their eyes. So it's like, you've always gotten a lot of attention and you're the first guy that I've dated that has gotten so much mm-hmm. attention. So it's difficult. Like I'm not a jealous type, yeah. but mm-hmm. then sometimes like when people are like, oh, he could do much better than her. It does make you think subconsciously like, okay, am I? Yeah. 
Haters are gonna hate. So uh, yeah, that's have, the whole reason that haters are hating because they can't they can't have what you have. So I'm gonna throw stones now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What yeah. you about to say? Zach? I actually have a question about that. Do you think she exposed how respectful men are as a whole? Black kind men of, don't cheat. So, so mm-hmm. no, but kind of. That's real. Though. Here's my question. So my boy, he actually had a big point. A uh, big point about this. He was upset with women because he's like, all right, you got Steph Court Curry, great one of the great, the greatest three point shooter, shooter, yeah, three uh, shooter in NFL, uh, NBA history. Excuse me. Men respect him so much, we would not disrespect him by going after going his after wife or saying anything or giving her any attention. That's the same thing. You might have Tristan Thompson. Yeah. You might, like, if you had a, <laughs> let's, no, just to be honest, yeah. you got multimillionaire guy, a woman that, let's just say, has you know maybe a single mom, maybe not the best credit, has nothing, you know what I'm saying, to bring to the table. Yeah. Feel like I can take him from his wife, who's also, you know, you know what I'm saying, like, yeah. and be disrespectful and go towards him or be all in his DM or anything like that. Do you think, like, on the whole, I don't know. The sexes show a different it, level it, of respect. Is it exposing something about women? Well, that's, that what, what, that's what I'm asking. Like, because you will have, you know, you know, several men in power yeah. that mm-hmm. usually women are always throwing it at them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think every dude that know who Steph is, know who she is, is like I can't. No, I wouldn't. Even and that's do what that. I thought. And yeah. that's what. And that's what I thought. And like some. And uh, Jada Pinkett went on and said that mm-hmm. she was like, they're not not approaching you mm-hmm. because of you're not attractive or who you are they're not approaching you because of your husband and his statue mm-hmm. you know his status but she also said guess who knows your worth though mm-hmm. your husband does exactly mm-hmm. you think people shooting shots at Beyonce hey. nigga yeah and that's even when, when Jay Z so. just would, got that billion I think there's a certain level of respect there I think, I think he's so one of, yeah. I think he's one of those dudes I think so that, too yeah. Yeah, it's, a hand, it's a hands off thing but because yeah. it's Beyonce you've, you've seen niggas under her pictures if you look at Instagram it's certain dudes saying certain things now, that's Instagram it's a difference you, oh, it's a difference. you can't comments. control no, yeah. no you can't that. Instagram yeah. Yeah. but yeah. as far as actual real life no, ain't nobody stepping to her well I also don't think people are coming to her too because I mean what ain't no niggas making the money she's making so that's like what's gonna bring to the table yeah you can't bring shit to she and that lifetime and that lifestyle you have to have she has to be dating to Jay-Z yeah. any other nigga is not gonna compare Yeah, mm-hmm. it just it ain't and it's not about your looks mm-hmm. or how big your dick is it's like they have something that they're, they're at, for generations that is being built mm-hmm. she's matching that with somebody else that could do that not to be funny we do we all do that on the lower level like there's mm-hmm. no way that I'm gonna date a girl that has less or does less than what she does moving forward yeah. but, mm-hmm. hey, but think about this back with, to what I said Becky with the good hair came after Jay-Z yeah Mm-hmm. And, and think about uh, this. They like power. To, Zay, uh-huh. to Zay's point, and, this, and I love this woman. She is she is fantastic, and I, it's almost blasphemous to talk about her like this. But <laughs> what happened, happened. Mm-hmm. Alicia Keys came and stole Swiss Beats from somebody else. Mm-hmm. Very true. Yeah. So women, yeah. women will see a, another woman shining oh, and be yeah. like, I want that shiny thing. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? At the end of the day, it's, so I like to talk about stuff like this. I'm not the person who really believes in religion like a lot of other people do. Uh-huh. So you know, you I I heard on um sha- uh, not shaver stations um what's the new uh, champagne and oh, lipstick. Yeah. So you know the clip where the girl was like, God is not gonna send you somebody else's husband. Like if it's your <laughs> husband, and I was like, you know what? But what if that person is in a shitty marriage and they just connect with somebody else and it ends? Uh-huh. Like it may not be a situation where this woman came and took. Let's just say if you were married, though, okay, and uh, and you were struggling in your marriage, okay, and you met a woman at work and it started out as just friendship and mm-hmm. then something happened where she listens to you differently than your wife does or she's there for you or she you know whatever the case and you start being like damn I mean it, it would be great if my significant other did this yeah. sometimes shit happens to where you connect with a person and maybe something grows and inf- and I'm and I'm I know real stories like this to where infidelity has happened and that person gets a divorce and they move on yeah. and they're happy and they 
been married for years and it's good because sometimes you marry the wrong fucking person. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. It has it has worked out like that. But um, to answer your question, if I start talking to somebody at work, we're in an alternate universe. That shit wouldn't happen. I ain't yeah. trying to get me tooed out here. That's true. That has changed the culture right of dating now. right now. Yeah, I, I look at the ground at work. I ain't talking to none of you women. I ain't trying to go out <laughs> like that. I like my situation. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, back to what you were saying, I, I call it part of your process at the end of the day. So let's just say you have a man who's in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say he gets married very very unfaithful sleeps with a bunch of women right say he learns from that moves on gets married again still does the same thing but learns let's just say the third wife he becomes that perfect church going yeah just so the the wife that gets the winner husband, yeah. she probably won't really care. Listen, he had That's to true. go through. He had to yeah. go. That was through my that grandfather, bro. To, no, but I'm saying, did yeah. he? Did he? Did he? Is he still alive? Nah, he passed away uh, last February. Did he? Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry to hear that. Nah, it's not good. Did he pass away as the man you would want to be? Though? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he went through his process. You got to get out the system. Faith, right? That was his fourth. Of, I think uh, my grandma wrote, and I and and the woman he married, mm-hmm. her name is Rose. And I call her my grandmother over the other women and his first, my actual grandmother. My actual grandmother's a battle axe. Like, you don't even want (laughs) to fuck with her, bro. But, like, the last woman he married, he went, before he died, he was like, I dated this, I dated that, I did this. They wanted me to be this person. I wasn't that person. Mm -hmm. And so on and so forth. And when he got with Rose, he was like, she allowed me to be who I am. Mm -hmm. And I remember taking her down there and he was like, I see a lot of Rose in her, Mm -hmm. you know? And, And she is like, any when people be like how do y'all y'all not married y'all y'all lingering y'all still hang out because when we were together like I put her through a lot of shit bro Mm -hmm. I know I did Mm -hmm. because like I said I've always had the option to date multiple girls I don't know if it's my confidence the way I carry myself but it comes easy so when you start really getting out there and it's like girls are coming like she would be the type to where it's not like yo if a girl comes up to me she flipping out but when that girl would leave she would be like uh I didn't like that or I see something that you're not seeing. Like mm-hmm. you see her as a friend, but this is what she's here for. And sure enough, like a month or two months down the line, it's the like a, it's a, yeah, some whatever. And it's like I yeah. see it, mm-hmm. and I appreciated that for her because she could have caused a lot of drama mm-hmm. based off that. Mm-hmm. But what she did was while she was learning how to deal with it, she was also teaching me not to be naive and see certain things to where I'm not that dude to get set up to where I done got the wrong girl pregnant or you know what I'm saying? Ooh. Yeah. I think what you touched on earlier, like allowing you to be who you want to be is one of the most important attraction factors when you're dealing with like who you want to who you want to spend your time, who you want to spend your life with. Yeah. The mm-hmm. person who, cause you know, this is true for all of us. Like you're a little different around your mom. Mm-hmm. You're a little different around your family, around your, your significant other, around your cousins, around your friends, around your associates, around your coworkers. There's a different version of Anthony. And do you think that? Mm-hmm. You That's think true. I'm a different version? For all of us. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's for everybody. Yeah. You're not going to, like, I'm not going to be motherfucking around my mama. Oh, yeah. Like, exactly. that's out of respect. I'm not going to do that. I do curse around my mom. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't like not the person. Not as much. Not as much. No, not, I don't fair. drop them like I yeah. do. Like if, but there, and, and, I, and you're right, because I do dial it back sometimes. Uh-huh. It's like mm-hmm. I do curse because she lets me be who I am, too. Yeah. But with the person letting you be who you are, I think you find a newfound respect for them. It's kind of like if you raise a kid and you try to keep them from doing everything, they're going to rebel. But if you let them do some of the things they want to do, they may be home so at 1130 like you ask them to do. So that's why I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. Like, it's not about letting them be who they want to be. It's yeah. about liking the person that you exactly. are when you're with them. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is like if you're around a person who wants the best for you and they see you doing some harmful behavior and they say in a in a in whatever ways most like that'll get through to you they tell you they get you to correct that behavior like you like the person that you're with that you are 
when that person is around is you around. because that, that person motivates you to not do this harmful behavior anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That makes sense. Same thing with friends. Like these are the people that we should choose to have around us. Yeah. The people who push us to be better. Mm-hmm. I like the person I am when I'm having these meaningful conversations. I like yeah. the person I am when I'm out and about, we wearing nice clothes and we eating good food and all this kind of stuff. So like, this is why I choose to spend my time around this person. So yeah. especially when in relationships, I think that's one of the, the most significant factors when it comes to picking your, your significant other. I do. Mm-hmm. Marriage just, I know we were talking the other day, like you said, you're not getting married. And for me, I I, I, I didn't say, hold on now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's it's, it's going to be tougher for me yeah. to get married, I well, think. Well, let's talk about that. I mean, you got, oh, you got a single guy. No, no, no. So you got, you know, two black guys in Denver. Yeah. You know, different, same experiences. You got yeah. a married guy and a single guy. Let's let's uh let's dive into the I write contracts mostly for a living. Uh-huh. And marriage is not a great contract. Okay. No. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a great way to put it too. That's not. that's kind of the the <laughs> basis of it, right? That may be not like, a great contract. Marriage is not a great contract. That could be a name of the podcast. And you too. know, type, type that down. I like how you do that shit on the fly. That's if, if you know the situation, this is the way it works too. If there's a woman who makes more money than you and y'all get divorced, mm-hmm. she's got to pay you alimony. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know that's how it works too. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So oh, believe me, she because believe me, hey, if you're coming hey. into a situation and you have a significant <laughs> enterprise, she's smart about it. If, yeah, if, if you got a significant enterprise and you're bringing that into a situation, like, and that person can't match your enterprise, like, that's a horrible business deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got Apple buying this Radio Shack, and... <laughs> and Radio Shack can't do nothing Radio for you. Radio Shack can't do shit for Apple. Nothing. Like, here's what I would be willing to... This is a hard sell, if I'm trying to, like, talk, <laughs> talk a woman into this. Yeah. But you asked, and I'm telling you, I don't know, I probably should shut up, but... I like um, how you putting it, man. <laughs> if I, I could I could work a better deal with you if you Radio Shack and I'm Apple and I'm saying I'm Apple is over it. I ain't Apple yeah. I just want to make sure everybody understands <laughs> I'm not Apple <laughs> I'm Circuit City or something you, like, got, you got some Apple potential I, I, I want to be Apple yeah. you know what I'm saying <laughs> but um, it, like we could work something out like I could start a business with you I could buy mm-hmm. a house with you yeah. I could like invest with you I could invest in you but mm-hmm. to you want to be married yeah. and that's all it is like the marriage part of it just brings somebody else into the mix that's not needed you yeah. can you can agree to whatever you need to agree to amongst yourselves. That's a, a buying a house with somebody is a commitment. It yeah. is. It is a commitment. <laughs> That's why both of us still living separately. Yeah. And everybody used to be like, why y'all, when I was married, it's like I didn't. y'all ain't never live together. I'm like, no, nah, we never live together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's run a business together. Or well, yeah. you might you might or if, you know you might date a woman who has a skill set. I'm, I'm imagining how my life might play out. But if you if you date a woman who has a skill set, she got a cosmetology degree, she could do hair. Yeah, mm-hmm. I might help her open a salon. Exactly. I might help her try to start her own business mm-hmm. and 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 connect with that and invest in her and put some money in her and all that kind of stuff. But like, you, like you want half of my shit? Like you yeah. want to you want to have stake in half of my shit? Something mm-hmm. that you didn't even help me create exactly. before you got that's here. A, that's a hard sell for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. Me, not, the reason that I think marriage scares me is, bro, it's hard for me to stay still. Yeah. Like it's hard for me to stay still. What do you, what is staying still? Like just committing to something. Like I don't even like having you a car note. Like I, I don't like learn. A car note is way different from. I know, a woman, I know right? but what I'm saying is I just don't like committing to one thing and saying yeah I'm here every day. Woman's not day. a thing. Like committing to a person is what you have a hard I can't, time with. Yeah, okay. I can, and I have a hard time committing to thing, things. What, what part of the commitment do you think gives you the, the struggle? I just like being alone. I don't want to come home to somebody every day. Like when I think right he doesn't now, like feeling obligated. No. Okay. It would be days where she, when we were together, she would come over, like, you would come over, what, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? Yeah. If I tapped out on Saturday, I was like, hey, I know go. we planned on Sunday, but I need to, I need to date myself. Yeah. Okay. Like, it's just difficult. And and I think the benefit of me being so honest, it keeps me from breaking people's hearts and fucking people over. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I know who I am. Do mm-hmm. do I want a significant other to 
work through some things and grow and build she knows I do I'm at that point to where like I told you the other night it's coming but I think me not having a father figure or somebody to talk like not to be funny me and my grandfather we didn't have the best relationship for a long time Mm -hmm. it sucks because I just started getting close to him and Mm -hmm. then he died Mm -hmm. and then I was like yo and I didn't even think I cared about him Mm -hmm. and I told a story we did the uh, Martin Trivia Live in Chicago and I got the call that he had his uh, he was uh, in ICU at that time and he had to have another open our surgery which would have been his fifth yeah so I remember just breaking down crying and she was like yeah huh and I was like I didn't know I cared about him that was actually the first time I ever seen you cry I was like I didn't even know I cared about him wow. like it just hit me and she was like you still want to go to the show tonight I was like show must go on we got to we got to finish this yeah you know needs to say that shit that weekend was a clusterfuck yeah. but it was like <laughs> dealing with all of that I was just like I don't know if it's going to be enough time to get the questions I need answered mm-hmm. answered yeah mm-hmm. That's tough, man. I, I wanted to hear your opinion, though, after yeah, I'm, my I'm, thoughts I'm on I'm just it. letting y'all... <laughs> Can't let you just sit here I, and I, bash I do want to I do want to answer, like, what you said, though. Like, I, well, I, the question I asked you was what stops you from commitment, so I'll oh, answer yeah. it, too. But, like, the thing that makes me want to commit is family, man. Like, I, mm-hmm. I want... Ditto. I want a family. I don't just want kids. I, don't, I ain't looking for a baby mama. Like, exactly. I want a family unit because that's something I didn't have. Like, yeah. I didn't have a mom and a dad in the house who worked it out and loved each other and mm-hmm. figured shit out. Like I want to be. I want to get in there with a woman who's willing to figure shit out with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who I can be. Who I want to be around. And that's and that that's that's the scary part too. To find that, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But that that's the same thing. I told her when we were watching the draft last night, and mm-hmm. and and shout out to the NBA. I think they did a phenomenal job of how they laid out mm-hmm. the platform of letting these guys walk across the stage or be introduced with their families Mm -hmm. and when they had to speak they had the opportunity like Stephen A. Smith said this morning and we were saying it last night there's a narrative about black men in America that's so fucking false Mm -hmm. but if you yell it loud enough and you say it enough and nobody's defending that Mm -hmm. or you don't have a a, a depiction of something different then everybody runs with the negative narrative Mm -hmm. but to see these people come through and have them with their fathers and come up there and their fathers are you know they're crying and being able to lean on their father's shoulders and everything like that it just literally it made for good television Mm -hmm. and for me that's the thing when I think about wanting to settle down it's because I want to leave a legacy through a family Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying creating something that when I die somebody that looks like me or whatever the case may be that thinks like me I want somebody to be better and I think it's important before you do that I think it's important for fathers to be in the lives because if I had a kid and I'll say this for you too Mm -hmm. you probably have more life experience than I have at this age, bro, if you had a kid, you're going to be able to teach him so teach much him game. You're not mm-hmm. having him at 28, yeah. 25 mm-hmm. to where you didn't really know shit. Mm-hmm. You know, all, even if you didn't have your father there like me, I now can teach him the must. Where I'm at in life, I can. he can be where I'm at right now at 22. Yeah, he'll be so prepared. Mm-hmm. He was so prepared. He or she will yeah. be so prepared. Very true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, uh, I forgot what I was about to say. <laughs> you know how that happens. Yeah. Zay had a point, though. Um, y'all wanted you to... to counter what I was talking about about marriage because you're you know two black men in Denver yep, yep. single black man married black man with yeah. a family yep beautiful family by the uh-huh. way sir yes Appreciate so it. so talk to us please well you're you're approaching it as a business deal and as a contract <laughs> writer man you gotta understand you will feel like well, you're still going through your process I was talking about earlier yeah. let's make that clear but you you don't need a wife until you need a wife man like she said <laughs> like even with our teacher, to our teacher's point her, her ex-husband did something out of love for her, right, When she, at a time of need, and mm-hmm. now she sees it after the fact. Mm-hmm. If you have somebody that continually pours that into you, like, there's nothing, that you can't put a value on that. I get it, you're saying, oh, she gets half my stuff, but you, stuff is just stuff at the end of the day. Once you get so much stuff, it's just stuff. 
I didn't, when Bezos broke up with his old lady, I mean, she's he gives a Be- billion. Bezos got billions. I understand it. I, on top right, of billions, uh, like half of a lot is a lot. So yeah. accumulate a lot. So we're hey here. I I want you to be happy if it didn't work. I, here I'm trying. Marriage is a collection of things you can walk out on, but you don't. At the end of the day, it's cyclical. It's never going to be all in 10. Even being single, always yeah. having time to yourself, it's probably great sometimes, but yeah. sometimes you're like, damn, I'm so lonely. I just want to talk. So I just want to cuddle. But somebody wanna... has to say that, and I, I'm man enough to say that. And uh-huh. with all the travel I've been doing, that's one of the things I told her. I was like, yo, this shit's lonely on the road. Bro. I, I, there's a, and I was, I was talking to you about this, too. It's like, if you've been in something bad, it can be worse than lonely. It can be. It, like it if can. you if you were a toxic person, that is true. It could be worse than lonely. It so, can be. So, so like I, I don't get too low when I'm by myself. And I'm my only child too, so I've been by myself a lot. So you get it, yeah. Yeah. So it, there's worse than lonely. So exactly. So that is that is a part of too. Everybody shouldn't be together. Some people are part of your process until you get where you need to be. So both of you guys are going through your process yeah. until you find the person where you guys mesh well. Biggest advice I could give in marriage. It, you got to understand it's possible for two people to disagree and both be right. You, you got to understand, like, you could be like, babe, you're right, but so am I. And, yeah. and most of the time, you're not going to just break down if you're having a disagreement and just say, all right, I'm saying I was wrong. It's like you just want an understanding. You don't yeah. want to, you just wanted to understand why I feel this way, where I'm coming from. Yeah. Let's not talk for 30 minutes and let's come up and make up. Like, yeah. Really? You know what I'm saying? So yeah. with marriage, there's nothing like seeing my wife interact with my kids. Her intuition, knowing, hey, you probably need to, we probably need to take him to the doctor. Something yeah. I just wouldn't even pick up on, or yeah. he might need to be put in this class or this extracurricular. But she can't teach him. All right, this is how you're gonna just get in the right stance on the football field. Like it's 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 a, it's a collected effort, and for the sake of my children, there are times that I may have to separate myself. I may have to go find. I had to buy a house big enough to where I could go be alone and be away from you for a minute. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we're not gonna get alone all the time. You know, so yeah. as long as you don't do anything disrespectful to your marriage like if I want to go take a guy's trip I need that yeah back to your point where you're like oh you're you're this way around this person you're this way around this person yeah every way you're you're trying to be should feel good right you know what I'm saying yeah. I want to take trips my wife alone those are going to be a blast I want to take trips with my wife and kids yeah those are going to be a blast I want to take trips only with my guys yeah. why do or when you could do and yeah you get these people that are like no I got to be your everything I got to mm-hmm. do everything you got to do everything with me and no that is that's toxic that's not realistic mm-hmm. I cannot be and I let my wife know who's in Miami right now yeah. on a girl's trip <laughs> but I'm babe have fun enjoy sleeping in I got the kids yeah. I'm taking the daycare you know what I'm saying so it's that team dynamic so no homo in the way me and you have a relationship Take it for what it's worth, though. You know what I'm saying? I got weird for a second. No, no, no. I get what you're saying. Me and you are going to develop one. No, man, we're building one. And I look forward to it. Take what you need from me out of me. You know what I'm saying? And understand that I'm not going to be your everything. It's the same way. The wife has a role, but she has a bigger role in your life. So you're right, bro. But there may be a point where you're sitting there holding all your stuff and like, dang, I, I, I... Right now in your life, you might be okay with it. I know you. When you say it so flippantly, like it's just stuff. Like okay, that big ass house that you have, that you are, that you have seclusion in area, that's stuff too. Uh huh. Yeah. And if if my wife and kid needed it, I will be okay. No doubt. God forbid. I will be okay. Get me a bomb ass condo and a sky rise in downtown Denver if it came to that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. half of a lot is a lot. Get in a position to where you can take care of to where you understand your family is worth more than the things so that's, right now that's what it, that's the situation i have to be in in order to get married exactly. I, I didn't say i wouldn't do it 
It just yeah, has to be the right situation. situation. Like I mean, you say, it has to make sense. Yeah. It has to make sense. We got about five more minutes. But the okay. one thing I want people to take away from from this episode is, first of all, um, being in Dallas or being in the South, we have a lot of people that, I know a lot of times we feel like it's hard to find black men that are supportive. And I feel like today we have black men in, in the studio that are supportive. So I feel like we wash that narrative out of the way. We also have a narrative that you know, black men aren't there for their families. Mm-hmm. We have Zay sitting across the table who has been married since in his 20s mm-hmm. for seven years, he said, and he's doing it. There also is a narrative that, you know, a lot of people say black men can't be successful or they aren't successful. I think all three of us are successful in our own rights and what we're doing. For sure. And I think my whole thing, and I told Artesia since we've been taking a break from the podcast, I want the narrative to be different for season 13. Like we do a lot of stuff joking and funny, but I was like, I want the narrative to be family. Mm-hmm. I want people to understand that the black family unit is strong. Uh, I want them to know that black men can be emotional and supportive of each other because although it may not, we may not see it a lot on TV certain times or we may not experience in our own lives, personally myself, the older I get, I, tr- I find that I become fond of being around people like you mm. and people like you, people who are driven. And she knows it because when I talked about possibly thinking about moving here, she was like, well, at least you have a good core of guys that if you came there, you'd be okay. Because There's she knows. We're like us here. Yeah. Too. And she knows that's big for me because in Dallas, mm. it's been hard for me. And I told you guys the other day, a guy that I've been connecting with over the last six months, he moved back to his hometown. And I was like, damn, there it goes again. I can never seem to find somebody that I can continually grow with. It doesn't matter if you leave or stay. And that's one thing I like about Christian, you, all of you guys that, Reggie, all of you guys who met in the service in other places, you've connected and you still travel to see each other mm-hmm. or you take a guy's trip. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of people I want to be around. People that will push you forward, that will lift you up when you fall. And it's reciprocity all across the board. Yeah. So before we get out of here, I want to say, Artesia, you actually talked a little bit more. <laughs> so uh, thanks for setting this up. Thanks for being here. Shout out out to uh, the House of Pod yes. here in Denver uh, for you know opening up your house to us, mm-hmm. letting us podcast here. The reality is doing our first uh, podcast episode in Denver officially. Yeah. You know, like I say, me and O tried one, but we, we both <laughs> failed at that shit. Um, Zay, thanks for coming out, man. I know you had a busy day today. Um, say it again. Kite. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do we, can, Take we, us out. Yeah, okay. with that. So yep. we wanted to talk about, before we got out of here, um, I know I was telling you guys about, uh, we did one little advertisement one time on the show about yeah. Kite, um, with it being an app base um, to bring people who are incarcerated closer to their families. What? Why did you want to create that, and uh, what should people know about Kite? All right, man. So in a nutshell, Kite is, um, we've made the ability to send a physical letter and pictures as easy as sending a text message. Where it came from is um, I have you know I have an older brother and younger brother that that spent some time incarcerated. <laughs> put it PC. Anyway, they couldn't stay out of jail. Yeah. Uh, came to the point to where I started having children and they want pictures of. Them. Hey man, send me pictures of my, nep- my nephews. I'm a busy guy. I don't have time to go to Walmart, go to Walgreens to print out a picture. I fear other people must have this issue. And if you've ever gotten a letter from someone on the inside, there's a cloud over your head until you write them back. You yeah. just feel like, oh man. No one writes letters anymore, but everyone's texts, everyone, you know, True. we're always on our phones. So it's literally, once you set it up, it's as easy as sending a text message, man. And it's uh, it's been very useful to a lot of people, man. And, and like I say, it's, I don't know, it's, it's a really great product. Very What's the easy website? Uh, Kite, K-Y-I-T-E dot com. Um, just you drop it on your, uh, your home screen and you can always just hop on there and send a letter whenever you need to. Yeah. So for all you uh, lazy motherfuckers out there who <laughs> don't want to go to Walgreens and do this, go to Kite, www.kyte. I-T-E. Say it again. K-Y-I-T-E. 
Com. Yeah. And we're going to have all this in the description of um, of the podcast episode, mm-hmm. so you'll be able to look this up. I think it's something that you should definitely look into. It's unfortunate to say, but a lot of black people, we deal with that mm-hmm. incarceration. Not even black people. It's other people who want to find easier ways. You know, they somebody gets incarcerated, they take them out of the city or out of the state, mm-hmm. and they can't see them. So this is an easy way to bring that family full circle and stay in contact with them. Before we get out of here again, I want to say thanks, Artesia. Thanks to Zay. Thanks to the House of Pod. Thanks to O for allowing uh, coming out here and um, linking up been doing this like we always say man always uh inhale courage to excel success i haven't said that in a long yes. time but uh wanted to let y'all guys know that and another bonus episode stop fucking complaining we still giving y'all <laughs> shit on a goddamn break <laughs>